everyone. Welcome to the Bonafide Legal Podcast. I'm your host, Florence Bremer. I'm a mother, a wife, a movie enthusiast, a fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for about 22 years, and throughout my practice, I struggle day by day to find balance between work and life. I don't have a magic answer on how to balance life in business and work and life outside of business and work, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying my time off. This week's podcast, I'm going to discuss a recent trip to Hawaii, and last time I talked at you, I had just got back into the office after having COVID. I still feel so blessed to have recovered. So about four months ago, I scheduled a trip to Honolulu for the end of September for three nights. I have figured out that that is about the longest I can get away. Um, It just doesn't, any longer, the mail piles up, the messages pile up, but three nights really, really seems to work well, which I know is probably a crazy short trip for traveling all the way to Hawaii, but it really did work out well. So the week that I was back after COVID, and until I went to Hawaii, I worked like crazy, and I finished up late on Friday, and we were leaving Sunday morning. And I would bring home work, I would work in the morning, um, I would walk in the morning, like I did this all week, and then Friday night, I work late at home. My oldest daughter is in college now. She's doing an online program at ASU. So we sometimes work together on the couch and we throw on a movie that we've already seen, like Scream or The Hot Chick or Nightmare on Elm Street, just any of our old favorites. Our old Simpsons episodes is a favorite as well. So the Saturday before we left, I took my two grandsons for a walk. It was still a little humid and hazy, but pretty nice. And, um, As I record this now, it is October 11th, and the weather is just glorious. I took my two daughters, or I took all my daughters, and my grandsons out for dinner at White Chocolate Grill. It was so good, which is in Scottsdale. We must have been very happy to be out, because we just kept saying how good the food was, and how good the service was. And my daughter the middle one belongs to a wine club at Cooper's Hawk, which is a really good restaurant, but it's so hard to get into it. The reservations are always tied up. So she picked up her wine as we headed home and then we went home. And on Saturday night, I had to go to the office at about 8 p.m. to drop off some things and sort some mail. And then I went home and went to bed. So Sunday was the day we leave. And I got up at 6 to go get got up at 6 a.m. for an 11.15 flight. And my husband is the worst person to fly with because he hates going to the airport early and he hates sitting at all. But I like a cushion. I like to sit in the lounge with a book and some snacks. And if I have an hour that I sit there, I'm fine with it. So we ended up not leaving the house until like 9.30 when my preference would have been more like nine. And by the time we got through security and started heading towards the gate, they were calling our names. 
Um, we were pretty much the last people on the plane. There were two people who came in after us, but I think they were routed there last minute. It was a six-hour flight nonstop, but because I had points, we were able to fly first class. And several years ago, a close friend of mine told me that she deals with the stress of flying by flying first class for anything over a three-hour flight. And because I'm able to pay for my business expenses with a points card, we were able to fly first class. So I guess that's a perk for working all the time. I have these points. They actually served a meal with a tray. Um, a, it was a sandwich and a salad, but it was just welcome. I flew first class to New Orleans in March, and they gave us a box with Triscuits and some other junk, maybe some hummus. It was uh, pretty underwhelming. And, but they also had, now they had drinks again in first class. And I don't really drink, but I had a vodka Sprite on the way there. In the past, you would get a hot meal on a tray and warm cookies and warm nuts. And you could choose off a menu um, like a month before. And so it's different, but I really felt like it was getting back to normal again. The movie selection on American wasn't great, and that's usually a perk a perk for flying for me, is that there's often movies that are still in the theater. I couldn't find anything that I wanted to watch. I had downloaded a bunch of things from Netflix, though, and I started the show Midnight Mass, but realized I had only downloaded the first episode. And the same with Surviving R. Kelly. I had only done the first episode. At the hotel, I later did the whole season, so I alternated between shows, reading, and talking to my husband. We finally landed. I don't know how I could handle an international flight. The six hours felt really long to me. And I got to the airport, you know, we land, and I had to walk the longest airport in the world. I always feel like no matter what, I'm always in the very last gate of whatever airport. And I was in heels because I wanted to be a little cute on the plane because it was my husband and I and uh, like I had a skirt on and I had not super high heels, just shorter heels. And when we arrived and we were walking, my shoes kept slipping off my feet and um, it just was a little uh, annoying. And um, just a tip, if you're going to Hawaii, make sure you go on the state of Hawaii's website. There are procedures that need to be followed. Um, they change all the time, so I'm not going to say what they are, but they involve downloading necessary documents and getting a QR code so that you can um, get out of the airport. If you don't have those things, my understanding is they do not let you out of the airport. Then we took a taxi with the world's most friendly taxi driver. Here's one thing I will say about Hawaii. Very friendly, and the people who live in Hawaii want people to come visit. They're hurting for sure, and I found everyone very, very friendly. So we got to the hotel and went out to the balcony, and we spent hours and hours out there on the trip. It was a view of the ocean and surfers and boats and the Honolulu skyline. We ordered food in and had called it a night. We watched a movie called Boiler Room, which is about 10 years old and about uh, people getting into the stock market. I still have to watch the, and I fell asleep on my husband's leg, so you knew I was tired. 
We um, ordered food from a place called Vegan City. It was so good. Hawaii has this thing called plate lunches where it's like a, a, a main meal. I think for a lot of people it might be like a barbecued pork, say, or like a Hawaiian pork or a fried rice um, and then a macaroni salad. So it was just like that, except vegan. So I had a vegan fried rice that was filled with green onions. It was just delicious. And it had um, just egg in it, which is a vegan scrambled egg. And yum, like it was so good. It was like really oily and yummy. And then we went downstairs. There was a small grocery store and we got fruit and uh, some sodas. And people told me about how expensive Hawaii is for that sort of thing but I found it not terrible at all in in this little store they had the best papaya and dragon fruit that I have ever had in my life and then we also got macadamia nuts and chocolate covered macadamia nuts for in-room treats and all of this tasted so good it just was oh my gosh so yummy And so the next morning, I wake up really early. I could wake up at 4.30 in the morning. We had a three-hour time difference. So that was 7.30 Arizona time. And so I just was sitting outside reading on my iPad. But when it got light, I started walking the beach and exploring the shopping district. There's so much shopping and restaurants in Waikiki. It's really, really cool. And I did something that I don't like to do when I'm traveling was to get fast food. I always find that to be a waste when you're in a new city or or a chain restaurant, for instance. I like try to avoid these. But there was a Burger King right outside the hotel. And I know that my husband loved their, loves their Impossible Whoppers. So I got French toast sticks and a couple Impossible um, Whoppers. And we actually just made it stretch out for both breakfast and lunch. Then I went to the beach and I had these clear fish swimming around my feet and um, then I went back to the hotel and showered and I washed my hair and when it is um, humid like Hawaii is I can't do anything with it and so I wore it up for the whole day so my husband forgot his um, high blood pressure medication so he called it into a CVS and they were able to fill it. Like, that was just so nice. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, everyone was so nice. Everyone was so helpful. But the CVS was kind of far, and I took a lift there. And so taking the lift was like a little bit of a tour of Honolulu. On the way back, I saw a drugstore, like, literally next to the hotel, like five buildings away. But if I would have meant went there, I would have missed this whole little tour that I took. Honolulu is a big city with really cool, tall buildings surrounded by the ocean. I've never been anywhere like it. It's big there, but not big. I can't explain it. We uh, ordered in dinner from the same place that we ordered from before. And because it was so good the day before, I ordered the same thing. And then we watched the movies Hustlers and The Gentleman. And so the next morning, I'm up at 5.30, and and my husband slept in. So I went to a breakfast place that was just a few doors down, and I had macadamia nut pancakes covered in seasonal fruit. So it was papaya, kiwi, pineapple, dragon fruit, and they called it rainbow pancakes, and they had a thick Hawaiian cream. It was like a whipped cream, but 
sweeter, I guess. It wasn't like a cool whip. It was almost like the consistency of like a soft serve, but it was like a whipped cream and had some strong coffee. And it was so good. And the lady who was at the table next to me ordered chocolate chip pancakes. And I was so annoyed. I kept thinking, who would get chocolate chip pancakes when they're on vacation and they can get these rainbow pancakes? So then I start walking and I walk for a few miles. And it was humid, like the whole time we were there. It actually was, as I talked to different people, we sort of went during the hottest time of the year, like August and September are the hottest. I think usually they're in the 70s. So this was like the mid 80s. And I was dripping sweat walking around um, in the morning, you know. Um, there's actually, here's one thing about Honolulu. There's quite a bit of homeless people and they were screaming and yelling, but the police would come very quickly and calm them down. So, um, I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, but it wasn't too, too terrible. Like they didn't bother you too much, you know, some panhandling, but not terrible. I can't even tell you how much time I spent on the patio, reading and just staring out. I read five books on and off while I was there and I finished two of them. And my husband and I would just sometimes sit on the patio together and just talk about the surfers and the colors of the ocean. You'd look at the ocean, it would be like five different shades of blue. And I talked to my daughter and she said, she went to take Adam for a walk and he said, Mima is taking me for a walk. And she said, no, Mima's not here. And he said, oh, so I was happy that he missed me. So then I booked a hair appointment at a dry bar because I literally could do nothing with my hair. And my husband um, went and uh, played some disc golf. And I think I've talked about dry bar before, but I've gone to dry bars in so many cities they're great to go to like the day before um like if you here's one I did in New York we had like this ridiculous like 6 a.m flight I don't even know what I was thinking when I booked this flight and um I went to a dry bar like the afternoon the before and then didn't have to worry about my hair in the morning and uh, in places where there's humidity um, like California, San Francisco. Um, have I had it done in New Orleans? Just anywhere, you know, where I'll go to a dry bar and they give you a blowout and they do. Um, my friend who, who went to a dry bar and I had asked her about it before I started going there. I said, well, what's dry bar like? And she said, you do your hair. They do your hair. You know, they wash it. The they blow dry it, they style it, they put all this crap in it. The first day it looks great. The second day, not so great. The third day, it's a disaster. And that is the best way you can describe it. Like it looks so good that very, very first day. And because they had put so much product in it, you know, it d definitely felt like weighed down. It doesn't, it's not touchable hair, but it um, didn't frizz up. So that helped me. So what did I do about work when I was in Hawaii? I'll tell you the truth. I didn't feel like it. I worked like crazy when I had COVID, even though I wasn't in the office. So I was burned out. So although 
I was quarantined during COVID. I wasn't on vacation. So on Monday, I did an hour and a half worth of email, Tuesday about two hours, and Wednesday a couple of hours. And people were starting to freak out that I was gone for a couple of days. One of the days that I was gone was a Sunday. So it just wasn't that long, but... um, you know, the staff had to call me with a few fires to put out, but nothing terrible, but just kind of annoying for sure. And on Tuesday, my husband went diff- disc golfing and he loved this course. He never had Lyft or Uber on his phone before. In the past, if he needed to take it, I would have a car pick him up and then just put the location for the pickup and the location for the drop off. Because I was doing it on my phone, you couldn't do current location. But since he was going to a park, I said, you need to put it on your phone. I'm not going to be able to find your location for you when you're in the middle of a park or on the side of the road. So he, we set it up, and he had two great Lyft drivers that he really enjoyed and had a great time playing. And then that was when I went to Dry Bar and got a blowout. And the people at Dry Bar were so nice. Like, everyone was so nice. Uh, in At Dry Bar, they had an actual bar, and I ordered a drink from the world's funnest and funniest bartender. The whole staff was great. And when you're getting your hair done, there's always a girly movie playing with subtitles. So you can just relax. And at this point... at the time I was there, they were playing Eat, Pray, Love. Like a lot of times it'll be something like Legally Blonde or The Devil Wears Prada. And so I just had like this amazing time, just relaxed. One of the girls at Dry Bar was from Arizona and she was in Hawaii for school. So we talked a little bit. And then I walked around happy with non-frizzed hair. I stopped at some designer shops, Christian Louboutin, Prada, Chanel, And I visited the beautiful things in each of these stores. I didn't buy anything, which I'm sure was real fun for the salespeople. It reminded me of the scene in an episode of Sex and the City where Carrie is trying to save money to buy her apartment. And she's trying on shoes at a shoe store. And she says, sir, I'm going to try these on. But whatever I do, don't let me buy these shoes. And the salesperson says, oh, that'll be fun for me. And that's how I felt. And uh, so my husband finished golfing and I was out in the city and I was going to pick a restaurant and just have him meet me at it. And there's so many restaurants in Honolulu and I'm just walking and I'm like, and the whole time that I had been out the days before, um, any time that I was out, I would think, oh, I want to eat there. That looks like a fun place to try. And I just kept walking and and was just overwhelmed by the amount of restaurants. And the next thing I know, I'm just back at the hotel. So we went to the restaurant at the hotel, which honestly, if you've eaten in a hotel restaurant before, sometimes they're not the greatest. And they gave me a table with a, a beach view. It was a little hot at first, but the sun went down and it was amazing. And they lit these torches. I ordered food that arrived when my husband arrived, and we had we we went to a steakhouse. But those who listen to the show know I we don't eat meat. So, but 
here's something I, I really love about being vegetarian and going to a steakhouse. They usually have great sides and great salads. So we had salads, um, a cauliflower appetizer, a Brussels sprouts appetizer. I actually, one of the things I wanted to do was eat a really, really fresh fish. But I, and so I felt like I had to when I was there, like I, it was my, my goal and they had a catch of the day. So I got that. We also had mashed potatoes, scalloped potatoes, sauteed mushrooms, and an apple tart for dessert. And I had like this delicious margarita, and my husband had a hibiscus pineapple rum drink that he just loved. It was so relaxing and so much fun. The only bad thing, if I had to complain about something, is there was a street performer right below who was playing music. And so that music clashed with the music at the restaurant. I just tried to tune it out. But it was great service. We had a a waiter named Lorenzo who like crazily reminded us of our um, of our son-in-law. We kept calling him Chris in Hawaii to each other. Our son-in-law is a server um, at a, a very fancy restaurant and they sort of use the same phrases and just sort of had the same mannerisms. It was kind of uncanny. And we went back to the room put on a movie, and I just passed out. So our last morning was um, I got up early, went on the patio for coffee. It was our day to start traveling back. And so the sort of bad news about going back was we had a super late flight, like a 10 p.m., but we had a 1 p.m. checkout. So we were without a home for a bit. So we spent every last minute that we could in the hotel and then had to figure out what to, I picked up um, lunch at a um, Wolfgang Puck uh, Express, which was pretty good. It was all right. And then we had to figure out what to do for six or seven hours. I'm okay with sitting around an airport for a little bit, but I didn't want to spend the whole day there. Um, let's see. So like I said, we just extended the time at the hotel. So we had nine hours between checkout and takeoff. So we went to a couple's massage at a hilarious apartment, but it was a really good massage. We got, we got the referral in one of those tourist magazines and the people were really nice, but it was in an apartment (laughs) and we had lunch at a different vegan place, not the one that we had eaten at twice. It was kind of a subpar meal. I kept saying the party was over because the last few hours that we were there, that was like the only time we didn't have a good time. Um, We couldn't, at this restaurant, you couldn't eat inside. It was next to a homeless encampment. And the restaurant said, oh, you can eat in the park. But between the flies and the homeless, we were done within like a few minutes. So we took our food back to the hotel because we had checked our bags earlier and we ate in the lobby and just kind of sat around and then we walked around a bit like you know just like around that little area of Waikiki before we left then we took a lift to the airport and this is something that I've done before where I have some time to kill so I'll put in a stop in the lift and in the stop we did it at Pearl Harbor, and we told the guy, hey, we're not getting out. We just want to do a, a drive-by of Pearl Harbor and then to the airport. So it, that took a little bit of time, you know. And then we went to the airport lounge. They had a really good potato soup. 
And um, this is <laughs> the next thing I'm about to tell you is, think, I swear I'm going to write a book that's called Things About COVID That Doesn't Make Sense. So we were in this giant lounge. And when you go in, they tell you, you know, keep your mask up the whole time unless you're eating or drinking. We were the only people in the lounge. We were really, really far from the workers. Oh, I don't know, a hundred feet maybe. Like we were in this back corner and, um, well, um, we were sitting and talking and while we're sitting and eating, and we were done, like our mask didn't come up right away. And, um, you know, they yell from across the room, pull your mask up. There's a something very sad that happened when we were gone is that um, I had found out a few days before that my Uncle Jerry, who has been suffering with ALS for many years, him and my Aunt Rosemary... Um, both got COVID. So I've been very worried about him, you know, and like waiting for updates and that sort of thing. And while we were in the lounge, I get an email from one of my uncles that says he had passed away. And it was just such a shock. I don't know, like in my head, like initially when I heard that he had COVID, um, I was very worried. But then like a little bit of time went by. And I was thinking, oh, he must be getting better because you're not hearing anything. And then just he was gone. He is such a good guy. He's a retired police officer. He was in the Navy. Has a beautiful family. Married to his wife for probably 60 years, going on 60 years. And um, a beautiful daughter and a beautiful son, two of my cousins and... Um, he just was the sweetest personality, always smiling, always happy, even though he got ALS. Like no person less deserving in the world. No one deserves it, obviously, but oh my God, Uncle Jerry, like just the sweetest man in the world. So I'd like to think he's in heaven now. There's no other place he could be with um, his parents. My grandma and my grandpa have been gone for a long time. And um, the things that he wasn't able to do because of ALS, I'm hoping he's doing. I hope he's walking around. I hope he's laughing. I hope he's telling his, his old stories about um, being on the force and everything that he used to do. Sort of a fun fact about him is that, um, oh my God, the name is escaping me. Oh, serial killer, John Gacy, threw hot coffee on my Uncle Jerry in uh, the Joliet prison. So like just a crazy sort of tidbit about him. All right. So then we get on the plane and um, they brought out more trays of food. And this time there was a salad. I was really satisfied with American. Um, but I'll tell you this, we got on, we were one of the last people getting on because the lounge was just really far, and we really thought we were leaving kind of earlier. But by the time we got on, there was only a few other people getting on. And we got to our seats, and someone took, so every seat had a blanket and a pillow on it. And then I looked down at my seat, and there's no blanket and pillow. And they were the, usually it's a, 
kind of like this fleece blanket and this small pillow. Like not great, but like nice to have. But this time it was this really nice heavy like down blanket from uh, Casper who does the mattresses and this fluffy, fluffy pillow. Like they were so nice. I was tempted <laughs> to take them. And so someone took one of ours. So I was a very stingy and I took the um, good blanket and I asked the flight attendant, I told her the story like, oh, when we came here, you know, just we only had one. And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. I have a backup. And the backup was just one of the fleece blankets and one of the crappy pillows. But my husband's not a complainer, so he's fine with it. And um, what she told us is, oh, yeah, when people walk to coach, they take those blankets and pillows all the time. And I was like, well, they really should do something about it. They didn't go and ask anyone. They didn't inquire. So just someone took a blanket and pillow that wasn't theirs and had it for the flight. Like this is something that we had paid for, you know, as part of these seats. So anyways, <laughs> um, that was the only thing that was frustrating about it. And I've, I felt like recently when I've flown and it hasn't been often really I'm just starting to get back to it, that the experiences have been so crappy and to and from Hawaii really really was nice like we had almost one I don't know if they put the uh the great crew on the Hawaii trips like just the nicest people ever so I was watching um Surviving R. Kelly and Midnight Mass and then I pass out like it's a flight that takes off at 7 p.m which was really 1 p.m Arizona time and I somehow like passed out and the next thing I hear like out out the the pilot is saying we're coming into Arizona and um I woke up like I was a twisted like I was twisted from a horror movie when I untwisted myself everything cracked and crackled and it was just ugh and my hair and skin felt so greasy like the, you're trying to kind of like um, groom yourself a little bit. In the past, they would bring you a hot towel. Like the, those days right now are over. Um, so I like combed my hair a little bit and just tried to um, make myself a little bit more presentable. Chewed some gum. <laughs> um, put on a little lip gloss. I couldn't wait to take a shower. So... Um, we land about 7 a.m. and took a lift home after we got the luggage. And I'll tell you this, the luggage always takes forever on the way home. Whenever I go somewhere, the luggage pops right out. But when I am home and ready to go home, it just takes forever to get to us. And the lift driver was really pleasant, but he went behind below the speed limit the whole time and I started to get like a little car sick because he was going so slow and didn't put on the air conditioner and it wasn't even that hot but like I just needed some air so I just kind of slumped to the side and him and my husband chatted so I get home it's like 8 a.m and I have a 9 a.m mandatory CJA 
federal training that's on Zoom. So I started laundry, I started unpacking, and I was able to lay down and do the training. Like, thank God for Zoom. I've done, this is an annual training, and it's always different every year. It's like updates for the year. So I've done it probably 20 times. It used to be on a Saturday morning downtown at ASU. Now it's two days of Zoom. That's what we're doing right now. So it's much easier. Although, and I've said this before, I do miss the in-person seminars. I would get so much more out of it because you can talk to other attorneys. Um, They always have free coffee, which just feels like the thing, something that's so luxurious. And a lot of times they'll have like danishes and fruit and it just feels fun. I saw that one was in NOLA, uh, New Orleans in January, but it backs up to another trip I'm taking. So most likely I won't sign up for it, but I was tempted, like I'm tempted to get back to it. So then after the training, I went to the office all afternoon. It was the end of the month. So it was billing. I also had emails from like the last day or so, calls, and stacks and stacks of work. I took, I made like a st- like a big pile of what I could take home and took it home and worked on it. Again, I'm, it was like three and a half days of being out of the office. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, half of Thursday. So do I have any, um, so that's Hawaii. I recommend it greatly. I would like to go back. We sort of floated the idea of going to Maui But maybe, I don't know, like in closer to two years, Um, we have some other stuff coming up. So there's no hurry to get back there. And maybe by that time, things will be calmed down more. It was definitely doable um, in, in terms of COVID, but to not have that over my shoulder anymore would be nice. So some movies we watched when we were out, we saw a movie called um, Moon um, with Sam Rockwell. It was about 10 years old. It had a really cool concept of him being on the moon, but not a great execution. It had a vague ending. And in my mind, I had wrote, I, I thought I knew where it was going, where I thought it really would have nailed the ending and it just kind of ended. And um, another movie, Ex Machina. I saw the beginning for the second time. I've watched this movie twice. And I woke up at the very end and missed um, the last half of it. So at some point, I have to see the last half of this movie. It's very, very interesting about AI and a guy who builds um, a couple AI machines. And, um, oh, I did see The Many Saints of Newark. Um, A few days after I returned back from um, Hawaii, it came on, and I stayed up late and watched it with my husband on HBO Max. I really liked it. Okay, so I'm a giant Sopranos fan, as I've talked about many times before. It has tons of Easter eggs in it. The casting and the acting are amazing. If I have a complaint... My only complaint would be maybe it's a little bit too much shoved into it in terms of storylines. 
And the first time I watched it, I also felt like I was missing a lot. So I went back over the last week and watched it again. I didn't watch it. Um, I was kind of watching it as I had time. Just have been busy since I got back. But I would watch like a half an hour here and there. And I thought, okay, it really does hold up. Just, it's good. But if you haven't watched The Sopranos, I don't know if this is your introduction to The Sopranos. What I would do and what I told, I know they're they're promoting it as a standalone movie. And it is. But it's also tied into so many Sopranos flashbacks and... Um, nuances from the actual show that I don't know that you start with it. I would say start with the whole show. See if you like the show. Because if you like the show, you're going to like the movie, in my opinion. So start with the whole show and then go back and watch that. It's like a... It's like two episodes that are of flashbacks if you really want to put it into The Sopranos universe. I have heard that many Sopranos fans have complained about it, that they did not like the story and the setup and how it was done. I liked it a lot. I really, really think it was good. I thought about it for days afterwards. I'm still thinking about it. And um, I recommend it. It's a good part of the Sopranos universe. I almost feel like maybe they would consider doing it as a TV show. But who knows, like it could be a, um, it could go on with the story from here. Who knows? Um, It doesn't sound like there's any plans for that, but it almost had the setup for it. And and here's the thing about The Sopranos. I know like all of the major fans like always wanted more. But here was the thing with it. At the end of the show, in a way, it was very, very much done. And so I don't want to say too much because there's, probably people who haven't watched it. But I sort of felt when I say this, it's going to sound more derogatory than I mean it to be. But they sort of painted themselves into a corner with it. Like it was just done. And a lot of people have complaints about the very ending of it. Um, When it first ended, I did have a lot of complaints. And I think mostly because I just didn't want it to be over. I could have just watched it forever and ever. I've rewatched it many times. I've read many books on it. Um, I quote it all the time. Um, But so this was like just a fun, like revisiting. And And you revisit a lot of characters in their younger days. And James Gandolfini's son plays the young Tony Soprano. And wow, like, wow. I mean, looks like him, moves like him. And it was perfect casting. And the rest of the cast is great as well. Okay, so that's my review. Um, Okay, you know what? I think I'm going to tie it up. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes under Florence Legally Brunette, Bonafide Legal Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name and under my law office. My website is brummerlaw.com and the podcast is also on Patreon. I will talk to you in two weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye.